0: Following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. It is good to be together with all of you today. In a moment, we have the great privilege of hearing the Reverend James C. Simmons bring a message, which I'm told uh, is actually the second unique sermon he's going to preach here this morning. There's a little bit of a disagreement between him and me about whether I actually indicated that he had to preach two separate sermons at the two different services or whether he could <laughs> preach the same one again. I won't tell you whose side was which. I'm just telling the artisan people we are now at two services until the, you know, until probably at least the, the spring. I'm going to preach the same sermon at both of them. <laughs> I just want you to be aware. <laughs> Uh, Would you once more join me in thanking our friends at Baber and welcoming my friend, uh, Reverend James C. Simmons here to bring the word of God to us.
1: Come on, let's thank God for our pastor, the Reverend Scott Austin. And and we thank God for, um, I said this morning, um, Reverend Austin's not just a friend when we do this. Um, But all year long, he is a friend. And um, he knows where we eat, um, because (laughs) many a times I will call him and ask, say, what you doing? He'll say, I'm doing this, trying to knock this out. And I say, oh, that sounds nice. I'll be there to pick you up in five minutes. Be ready. (laughs) And and he's always ready. and so to God be the glory and I also thank him um, um, for his willingness to use his voice um, and his willingness um, to use his gifts to speak on the side of justice and to speak truth and to call the devil by the name of the devil and um, I appreciate him tremendously for that Can we thank pastor one more time? Thank God for him. Oftentimes, people ask, well, how do I know if it's God, if I'm trying to make this decision? Pastor, I'm wrestling with this. Pastor, I'm wrestling with that. How do I know what God's telling me to do? And I always respond um, that wherever you feel peace, that's where God is. God is not a God of confusion. He's not a God of disorder. He's not a God of restlessness. He's a God of peace. And and wherever you feel peace, that's where you know God is. And I want to thank God for when we come into this place, you feel peace. When I hear, come, Lord Jesus, come, you feel peace. And I thank God that we're in a place where God is. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so I'm just glad to be in the service one more time. Amen. Yeah. Glad to be in the service uh, one more time. Amen. Um, Let me thank God my preachers are here. All my preachers stand up, please. Won't y'all see my preachers? They're in the house. Amen. And, um, thankful to Almighty God. Where's um I thank God, Brother Dix and the praise team and the band, amen, for traveling, be present. Let's give them a hand. That's, that's um I always love hearing um artisans band. Um Amen. I, where they at? Yeah, that's I was saying in the office. I was like, you know, they be hanging around us because they got some soul I'm <laughs> So, always tremendously glad. Where's Miss Ruby? Little Ruby? Where she at? Oh, she's down with the kids. Little Ruby was the young girl who was up here the praise dancer. Y'all see her? She she had her steps. I saw her. I said, go ahead, girl, get it. She did a run. I was all right, run, girl, run. <laughs> so, praise be to God Almighty. Um, if I can just say as well, um, in terms of, um, for, for on Baber's behalf, uh, number one, um, as many of you know, last Sunday, uh, no, last Monday, Mountain, I ran home. My grandmother uh, was hospitalized, um, and she was in the hospital a good bit of this week. But praise be to God, she's home. And uh, amen. Um, she's, she's 95 years old. Um, so every little fall is a, uh, Evangelist Moore is back there. Every little fall um, is always uh, a concern. Um, but my grandmother, 95, she has built a thick, hard head. And She talking about it, at the hospital. Talking about it, I pushed her. <laughs> I wasn't even there. <laughs> so, so pray for her. <laughs> and, and so praise be to God. I'm I'll be returning back down the road tomorrow morning. We we have to make the house completely handicap accessible and all the above, and uh, we started to clean out some rooms. My grandmother bought her house in the 40s. She bought her house in the 40s, and she always tells the story she had to have a white lawyer actually buy it for her, um, because they would not let a black person purchase a house. You were only supposed to rent, and uh, she purchased her house in the 40s, and um, when you are cleaning areas that stuff has been building since the 40s. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to tell the, 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 said the guy to come pick up the stuff. I said, just take everything. Boy, my grandmother heard that. <laughs> it's about to be my life. All right. <laughs> Amen also want to thank God because I understand we had a tremendous week at Vacation Bible School um, this past week. And I mean, I thank God for Sister Gouldsby and her entire uh, coterie and team of teachers and support staff um, that made a phenomenal week. Um, we dealt with break every chain. And I mean, we were breaking the chains of fears and phobias, breaking the chains of grief, breaking the chains of burnout and breaking the chain of low self-esteem. Amen. Breaking every chain. And so I'm so glad that there's still power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. All right. Um, Pastor, I told you the food is after the 11 o'clock service. I told you Artisan and Baber, we come to this service. <laughs> Amen. Beloved hearts, let me direct our attention to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. From this mountain, we were in chapter 4. Now we're backing up a chapter and we're going to Daniel chapter 3. Thank God for Mother Bullock who's in the house. Amen. The mothers of our church. Thank God, Sister Dixon, our first lady. Of the church is in the house. Our former First Lady is in the house. Um, Reverend Wynn's back there as well. Pastor got more preachers here. They're here. And Sister Ladder, we have one remaining charter member of Baber whose wisdom we lean on, Sister Vivian Ladder, and she's in the house as well. Amen. Amen. Brother Johnson, I see you back yonder. Hey there. Amen. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. The New International Version delineates these words King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, and he set it up in the province of Babylon. He then summoned everybody to come to the dedication of the image he had said, up. You know, when you don't know how to say a word, you just skip over it. <laughs> you, you either just skip over it or you just read it boldly because if you don't know how to say it, don't nobody else know how to say it either. <laughs> Come to officials, come to the dedication of the image he set up. And so all these officials and all the people of the land assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, and pipes of all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And therefore, Therefore, as soon as they heard the music, all the people, nations and men of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, at this time, some astrologers, hmm, um, astrologers, and really, if you come to understand the nations that had astrologers, that means the Chaldeans were the ones with astrologers. And so at this time, some Chaldeans, some people who had also been taken captive and made into prisoners of war, some Chaldeans came forward and denounced the Jews. Now, hold on. The Jews are the prisoners of war. Chaldeans are prisoners of war. In other words, some crab in the bucket... Said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You've issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the music must bow down and worship this image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship it will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. Now here it says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's really their slave names. Their real names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And because I don't like calling nobody by their slave name, I'm going to use their real name. You call me out of my name, we're going to have a problem. Hello, lights. So Hananiah, Mishael, and Asariah, um, they refuse to bow down and worship your image of gold. Now furious with rage. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Hananiah, Mishael and Asariah and these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up now when you hear the sound of the music if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made very good but if you don't worship it you will be thrown into a blazing furnace then what God will be able to save you from my hand. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, We want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. Y'all caught that? I mean, the king, he set up a statue, a confederate monument. And he said, whenever you hear the music, bow down and worship it but I like these brothers listen to what Hannah and I and Michelle and Asariah said oh king we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter for if we're thrown into the blazing furnace the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand but even if he does not I refuse to bow down to any monument, any statue, any image that you've made. I refuse to bow down. I think that's what I want to try to preach on for the next few moments. I want to attempt to preach from the simple subject. I refuse to bow down. Come on. Say that with me. I refuse to bow down. Come on. Say it again. Like you mean it. I refuse to bow down. Let's say it just one more time for the Holy Ghost. I refuse to To bow down. Come on, let's try to work this thing out together. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. And dear Lord, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. And dear Lord, let my will be lost in thine. Dear Lord, help me preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved hearts, the book of Daniel contains stories of political resistance of disenfranchised people towards three successive powers, the Babylonians, the Persians and the Greek. In chapter three, the emperor, the most powerful man in the world, constructs a statue and demands that the people bow down and worship it. Now, the emperor is so powerful that in chapter two, he literally cuts into pieces advisors who were not able to interpret his dream for him. He's so powerful that those who don't meet his unrealistic demands, y'all can interpret my dream. Those who don't even meet his unrealistic demands are literally torn into shreds. He's so powerful that he's defeated the entire ancient Near East and made their residents into prisoners of war. He's so powerful that most people consider him an indomitable foe. So when the emperor constructs a statue and demands that the people bow down and worship it or else be thrown into a furnace, the people listen to his command. But we learn in verse 12 that there are three Jews, three brothers by the name of Hananiah, Mishael, and who refused to bow down and worship this statue. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah refused to bow down and worship a statue that was meant to celebrate and validate an administration that used its power to impose its will on other people. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah refused to bow down and worship a monument of an empire that tortured, raped, and enslaved Phoenicia, Philistia, Judah, Ammon, Moab, and more. Hananiah, Mishael and Asariah refused to bow down and worship a statue that represented an empire that considered certain people as less than human and definitely considered them as being beneath them. And in the same manner, I don't know if anyone's turned on the news lately, but if you turned on the news, you'll see that there's some men and women who today want us to bow down and worship monuments of men and women who purchased us from slave ships, who whipped us until our skin peeled us, who warped us until the point of exhaustion uh, and treated us as worse than animals. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but there's some men and women uh, who want us to bow down uh, and worship monuments of men and women who considered us as three-fifths of a person uh, who used us for free labor and who even went to war to continue this practice. Uh, but I just want to know one today. Are there some men and women up in this room uh, who will refuse to sell your soul uh, and refuse uh, to bow down. Hananiah, Mishael, and Asariah refused to bow down and worship this statue. Uh, of course this leads to a confrontation between the emperor and the three Jews. In this moment of confrontation however in battle between the three exiles and the most powerful man in the world in this moment of confrontation between three people who had been raped from their homeland and made into prisoners of war versus the most powerful man of the world uh, the Jews resort to their one weapon uh, that was in their possession the Jews resort to their faith in God uh, and tell the emperor that even if we're thrown into the furnace the God we serve is able to save us from your hand Uh, but even if he does not we want you to know we ain't bowing down to your gods uh, or to your statue Uh, and in the same manner there are some people up in this room who are also in battle uh, with an indomitable foe. There's some people in this room who are in battle with someone or something uh, that seems impossible to defeat. Uh, I don't know if it's health, the bad health that just won't leave your body. Uh, I don't know if it's debts that you just can't climb out of. Uh, I don't know if it's family issues that just won't seem to work themselves out. Uh, I don't know if it's pain that just grips you in the midnight hour. Uh, I don't know if it's grief that seems to shackle you just like a heavy burden Uh, I don't know what indomitable foe you face in your life uh, but what I do know in the words of Donald Lawrence uh, is that giants do die uh, and the bigger they are the harder they fall in this moment of confrontation between three exiles, three slaves, three prisoners of war and the most powerful man in the world, uh, the Jews resort to the one weapon in their possession, uh, faith in God, uh, and tell the emperor, even if we're thrown into the furnace, uh, the God we serve is able to save us from your hand. But even if God does not, we want you to know uh, That we will not down. Uh, now please notice that the Jews didn't have any of the weapons that the emperor had. The Jews didn't have soldiers or swords at their disposals. The Jews didn't have armed forces or tanks at their disposal. The Jews didn't have a whole legion of warriors at their disposal. Uh, but what the Jews did have uh, was an unshakable belief uh, that God could do the impossible. Uh, what the Jews did have uh, was faith in God. Uh, And I've discovered in life that even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, uh, you can look at a mountain and tell that mountain to move. Uh, And in the same manner, sometimes we don't have other weapons in our possession. Uh, We don't have the best doctors or the education. We don't have the finances or the experience. We don't have the social networks or the recommendations. Uh, But what we do have uh, is faith in God Uh, and I've discovered that when you have faith in God uh, that you can look the devil in the face and tell that old devil uh, weeping may endure for a night uh, but joy cometh in the morning Uh, if you got faith in God uh, you can declare that what man meant for evil uh, God used for my good Uh, if you got faith in God you can tell your sickness by his stripes uh, I am healed Uh, if you got faith in God you can tell the enemy uh, even if you throw me in the fire, I'm still not going to bow down. If we got faith in God uh, we can do the impossible Uh, so I just wonder there's some people up in this room on today uh, some people in the room uh, who have enough faith in God uh, that you're willing to tell the devil uh, that even if I'm thrown in the fire uh, I will not bow down Uh, do you have enough faith in God uh, to tell the devil that even if I'm blackballed like Colin Kaepernick uh, I still won't bow down Uh, do you have enough faith in God uh, to tell the devil uh, even if you take my words out of context uh, like you did Jeremiah right, I will not bow down Uh, do you have enough faith in God uh, to tell the devil uh, that even if I'm lied on and talked about and mistreated uh, I will not bow down Uh, do you have enough faith in God uh, to look at the devil uh, and tell the devil uh, even if you run my name through the mud uh, I will not bow down Uh, do you have faith in God Well, the three Jews refused to bow down and the emperor cast the Jews into a furnace so hot that the fire literally killed the soldiers that had them bound. Uh, But when the emperor later looked in the fire, uh, the emperor said, weren't there three men that we tied up? and threw into the fire uh, because I'm looking in the fire right now uh, and I see four men uh, and the fourth man looks like the son of God Uh, and can I tell somebody that when you refuse to bow down, uh, when you refuse to worship any other master uh, when you refuse to let people tell you who you're supposed to serve uh, when the people throw you into the fire uh, the God I serve uh, will get into the fire right with you Uh, when they talk about you, he'll get in the fire When they lie on you, he'll get in the fire. When you got pain, he'll get in the fire. When trouble's in your way, he'll get in the fire. When you don't know what to do, he'll get in the fire. Is there anybody glad that he'll get in the fire? He'll pick you up. He'll turn you around. He'll keep you clean. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? So I will not bow down.
0: He literally dropped the mic. That's not a metaphor. Mm. My goodness. You know, when we hear the word proclaimed, it sends us to the table. It sends us to God's mercies. It sends us to the body and blood of the Savior, God incarnate, who stepped into the fire. This is why we take communion every time, because it may not be preached with that kind of energy. Next week or last week. It may, it may be that next week is a little more chilled out and they can't hear me in the back. <laughs> Pastor Simmons. <laughs> oh, she said, come to Baver. <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> oh, God help us. Wow. <clears throat> it's the same gospel. It's the same God. It's the same God who walked in the furnace with them, hung on the cross for us. Submitting himself to death, and to humiliation. Responding with forgiveness. And it's in His very body that we receive the grace He offers. And so we're going to sing a couple more songs and take communion together. Communion. Unifying our two congregations today. Unifying our congregations today with all of the congregations around the city who might be taking communion today. Unifying ourselves with all... The Christians throughout time who have memorialized and remembered and proclaimed the death of Jesus in this way, with the sacrament, may it be for you the body and blood of the Savior, may it be food for your hungry souls, may it be a reminder that Christ goes into the fire for us, and may it be an act of unity and love. The early Christians called it the love feast. (laughs) We're going to have our love feast out here. It's more of a feast. (laughs) This is the symbol of that feast. Now, we practice intinction at Artisan. You can take a piece of this bread, remember his body, which was broken for you, dip it in the wine or the juice, choose the one that would be more responsible for you and your family. Uh, Remembering his blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins, and you can take that and you take his body and blood and you put in your own body and blood. It's a beautiful, mysterious, holy, terrifying thing. Let's continue to worship God at the table and in song. And uh, there ought to be a member of a prayer team at the back. If you'd like to receive personal prayer this morning, Uh, they'd be happy to pray with you. Uh, Parents, if you have children in our children's ministry, please go and get them and and have them join us for the end of our service. Uh, Our table is open. Come and receive the grace of the Lord. Amen. Amen.